Welcome to the Flophouse Flopcast, the podcast where we pick a theme, talk about it, play some games, try to make each other laugh, do some interviews, eat lunch, <laughs> take a break, remember to stretch, brush our teeth, and have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Ethan. I'm Lacey. And I'm Adam. We are the Flophouse team. We produce comedy, content, entertainment, and now a podcast. This is episode three, and our theme today is true crime. Trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. So we're going to be talking about rape, we're going to be talking about <laughs> slaughters, we're going to be talking about blood. Trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> this is a trigger warning because our theme today is true crime. It's going to include some really intense stuff. Challenging part is we're going to be laughing at it. And you know... We just got to do it. Yeah, I got to laugh at it. Laughter is the best medicine. Not if you're dead. <laughs> nope. Doesn't bring the dead back. Yeah, what is our fascination with true oh, crime? I think we like, we want to feel like we're a part of solving the mystery. Oh, everyone has a little tiny detective inside of yeah. them. Yeah, and you can say, I think she's guilty because yeah. she said this. Or, I knew all along. Yeah. Um, I think we also like, you know, like when you drive by a crash you like you shouldn't look because uh-huh. you you really don't want to see Speak like bloody bodies, but <laughs> you do you do want to see like there's something about seeing that like gruesome horrific thing that we all like. That's it's like rubbernecking a car accident. Yeah, wow, TV shows and documentaries, and lately uh, Netflix had Making a Murderer, which was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, a couple podcasts out there, like Serial and Accused mm-hmm. and stuff. So all those things fall into the true crime category. I've heard people refer to binge-watching those types of shows, like Forensic Files, as murder porn, mm. like private little fantasy like uh guys i can't come out i'm just just not feeling well and then they go into (laughs) their bedroom and watch 10 episodes of unsolved mysteries why do we do that to ourselves i don't know is it because we all have the secret desire to be a serial killer or it makes us feel sane in control or it makes us feel understood like there are other people like us out there (laughs) i think it's to see what happens (laughs) just to see what happens see what happens next Mm. It's time for a uh, segment that we like to call Serial Killers, It's What's for Dinner. Serial Killers, It's What's for Dinner. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Serial Killers, It's What's for Dinner. We're going to talk the in and outs of some specific serial killers, give you the juicy details to these cases and the inside lives of the minds of these serial killers all the time. Shout out to Phil, our roommate. He can really throw back a bowl of cereal. Oh! Serial killer! You don't like that joke? Okay, so Mr. Voltner, he was originally a mayor of this town called Winterhaven. And he got in all this, like, money trouble. And apparently, he faked his death. Then, okay, he comes back and he made this suit where he has this, like, electric like battery pack he would like shock people (laughs) what and it's a comic book well (laughs) it's not a comic book but this this is we're talking about true crime i know but this was my first introduction to true crime which was (laughs) scooby-doo oh what what that's not true true crime crime. (laughs) really no yeah they present a crime and you have to solve who did it that's a mystery (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, if you're ever watching Scooby-Doo, though, Zoinks. some really good advice. <laughs> it's not who you most suspect. It's not who you least suspect. It's who you middle suspect. It's always the fucking janitor. Well, in this case, it was the mayor. Okay, so my actual serial killer is Elizabeth Bathory. And mm. she was a countess in Hungary. She lived from 1560 to 1614. She's got some awesome names. One of them is uh, the Blood Countess. Oh, the Blood Countess. Because mm. it was said that she used to bathe in the in virgin's blood to preserve her youth. Mm. Yeah, I know that does help with keeping the skin nice and porcelain. It's and actually it wouldn't happen because of coagulation. You know? uh. She was maybe she cute. had an anticoagulant or a warm tub. Wait, bathany. Is that where the term bloodbath came from? Yeah, like bloodbathany. Yep, absolutely. Um, actually, the original Dracula, that character was based on some of the uh, characteristics. So she was accused of killing um, up to 650. That was the highest count. There's um, supposedly over 300 testimonies of women and, and close acquaintances. One of the funny ones was she forced some of her victims to cook and eat their own meat that was often made from their buttocks and she would have them make sausage she made oh the charcuterie (laughs) (laughs) so i think i would hurry up and just lose my virginity to avoid getting murdered (laughs) by this woman oh wow so those are your options yeah great well my i my butt sausage probably wouldn't be very good oh is that where the term eating ass comes from Oh. It is. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the deal. Okay, the Palpatine at the time, George Thurzo, he was massively threatened by this Elizabeth chick, right? Because she had huge power. Her husband just died in war, and she was about to marry this other guy, and they were going to have more money than God. So this guy, George, was like, um, no, this isn't happening. And he started these rumors about her. Apparently, she did these crimes with a bunch of accomplices. And all the women ones had their fingers cut off and then were burned alive. And then the only male accomplice involved, he was treated very mercifully, where he was beheaded first and then thrown into the fire. So how do you feel about that? It totally fits the characteristic because she's like a countess. You can get away with murder if you're wealthy. And And apparently she was very rude. She was curt. She was not polite. Uh, She did not have very many friends. Probably had a lot of enemies. But a lot of these accusations like Mm. stabbing could have merely been like amateur acupuncture or these full body (laughs) um, stinging nettle relief. Bloodletting. Yeah, or, or beheading, bloodletting. Who's to decide? So she was just a naturopath? Yeah, an amateur naturopath. <laughs> okay. What happened to her? Oh, she got locked away into like a room and we don't know. Solitary confinement. Till death. Oh. And I'm just going to ask you a question. Okay. Oh, right. I'm ready. What's, your, what's more likely? An outlandish list of violence perpetrated by a cadre of old women over decades or an orchestrated persecution against a powerful, harsh, and independent woman hmm. in the age of actual witch hunts? It's a true crime, and it's unsolved. If there was DNA testing back then... I blame the detectives at the time. 
They bumbled it. Wait, what year was this? Yeah, 1560. To 1614. Man, it was so much easier to murder people then, back in the 1560s. Yeah. Yeah, you could just burn them alive. Mm-hmm. steak. My serial killer is the Granny Killer. Otherwise known as the Monster of Mosman. Ugh. John Wayne Glover. No relation to John Wayne Gacy. Don't name your kid John Wayne anything, because they're really likely to become a serial killer. Uh, So yeah, he was Australian, and I think he might have been the first serial killer in North South Wales, uh, which is Sydney area. He was known as the granny killer because he would stalk grannies as they were on their way home from shopping in the afternoon, and then he would bludgeon them to death. Um, Oftentimes, he would choke them with their pantyhose and stuff their pantyhose in their mouths and all kinds of other gruesome things. Oh, good Serious, nasty stuff to these poor old grannies. Some of them were like affluent grand. It was like a, a nice neighborhood. Fuck? So this was in the 80s and um, over a period of like maybe nine months or so killed up to nine grannies. grannies? Why? Yeah. Well, that's the question. <laughs> There's some theories that, uh, you know, he's he's had some bad experiences with older women. He may or may not have had an abusive mother uh, he had a bad relationship with his was a mother-in-law, amongst other things. So. Maybe he just needed a cookie. Maybe he did. Unlike Fred Durst, who did <laughs> yeah. it all for the nookie, oh. the granny killer did it all for the cookie. Believe it or not, he's Fred Durst's great-great-uncle. No, he did work in a, in a retirement home. He had a family. He was well-respected. And so maybe that's you know, also part of it. Maybe he had like some weird secret obsession and mm-hmm. he just had to, had to kill. Um, they caught him. His, his slip up was that he actually killed his girlfriend who was like... Dressed like an old granny. <laughs> <laughs> she was like the youngest woman that he killed. And uh-huh. she was like in her 60s. And um, so they were able to narrow it down to him as a suspect. And then... Yeah, he admitted to a bunch of the murders. And then he committed suicide in prison and wrote a really interesting suicide note that says no more grannies over and over on it. No more grannies. He even left like a drawing of a park and wrote nine on there. Anyways, yeah, that's uh, the granny killer, the monster of Mosman, John Wayne. Glover. He just snapped He snapped and decided to take it out on grannies. Not the demographic I would go after, but... I guess it's better than children. Maybe he was confused. What if at the retirement home he saw that these grannies were unhealthy and they were being treated poorly and he had, like, deep Mm. compassion for them? (laughs) And then he's like, these women are in such pain. I just want to help them. And then he started... By strangling them with their pantyhose and bashing their heads into the concrete. No, no. He was helping them. You are a serial killer sympathizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need to sympathize with the granny killer. I'm not trying to sympathize with him. I'm just trying to understand. He stuffed pantyhose in their mouths. You have to understand these people are sick. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's he's burning sickness. in hell right now. <laughs> I want to talk about a more contemporary and well-known serial killer. Ooh. Uh, he's... One of my favorites. <laughs> I feel weird saying this. Weird. Do you have like serial killer uh, trading cards? And it was like your favorite. I'll trade you a Dahmer for a 
<laughs> oh come on! What? Oh, I've been actually I've been trying to get the Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh yeah. yeah. His rookie card. Yeah. How many kills does he have? Forty-four. Oh wow. You know those like teen magazines that are like dedicated to one like popular celebrity among like young teenage oh, yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like Jonathan Taylor Thomas had one for yeah, a while, JTT. and like One Direction. Huh. What if they had those for serial killers? Oh, I think there should be a serial killer go. Where you walk around in the woods, a real serial killer <laughs> like pops Pokemon, out. Like Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. You just have to swipe your phone go. until he goes away? Yeah. No, until and then you have to salt. You, he like leaves a clue. You find Ooh, a dead body. And, and then catch him. somewhere real, like let's say we're in Portland, Oregon. Somewhere on the waterfront, there's a dead body Ooh. on the ground. And you have to solve the clues and then go to the next spot yeah. before the serial killer strikes again. Ooh, I like that. Good ideas happen. We are patenting that right now. All right, so who's your... Uh... Okay, so um, the charismatic and uh, good-looking, I hate to say it, uh, Ted Bundy. You got a thing for Ted Bundy? Yeah, uh, you got a little I, Bundy going on I, under there? I hate <laughs> that there are these serial killers that are, like, attractive men, you uh, know? It makes me question every man I've ever met that I've been attracted anytime to. Anytime you watch some murder porn, you get a Bundy. You get a little Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> he was um, undeniably a very handsome man. And I think that's what allowed him to kill so many women. There are some uh, fun facts about Ted Bundy, which we tell them. Bundy fun facts. (laughs) Bundy's of fun. Bundy's of fun. (laughs) You guys want to play it as a game? Yeah, let's play Bundy's of fun. It's a game. Bundy's of fun. We're going to play the game. Bundy's of fun. Okay. So Ted Bundy reportedly Mm. kept what from his victims as mementos? Mm. Eyeballs. Oh, I'm close. Oh, Ear. Teeth. No. Put them all together and what do you get? Faces? No. A head. Oh, he kept the their whole heads. head? Yeah, you take their heads back to his apartment. I nothing about No, he attached them to sticks and dressed them up and danced with them across his living room. Uh, I'm just, I, don't, I, don't know uh, what he, I don't know what he did with them once he got them uh, home. I don't want... I, I mean, unlike Jeffrey Dahmer, who took body parts back and cooked them in his apartment. I don't think Ted Bundy did that, but... Okay. So all of Ted Bundy's victims had a similar look. What was it and why? Female. Yes. They looked and? female. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see here. They looked like his mom. Close. They looked Ooh. like his ex-girlfriend who uh, supposedly broke his heart. And they all had straight dark brown hair with a part in the middle. Damn it, just that's like... my type. <laughs> so how many times did Ted Bundy escape? Hmm. Never. I like your trick question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he escaped, I want to say, more than two, less than four. Final mm. answer. Adam? So uh, before he said that, I was thinking three, but I'll say four. All right. Well, it's, it was actually two. Oh, what? That's a boring answer. Two times. Two times, yeah. He um, he was representing himself in court, so he didn't have handcuffs on. And he just blitzed. And he asked the judge if he could go and research something in the courthouse oh, library and then jumped out the second story window. <laughs> Did he break his ankle? Yeah, he, he uh, sprained his ankle, and then but oh, he got he away for it. a few days. I did guess. he kill on that time when he was away? Oh, he did kill. I don't know if it was that kill, time, but kill, he did kill. Kill, 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 one, time kill one time when he escaped. Kill. Ooh, that's on the authorities. So the last and final question. The last Bundy fun fact. Was Ted Bundy a married man? <laughs> was he taken sorry ladies Ted Bundy's taken <laughs> so he posed as married 
but he actually wasn't. Oh, I, you're still going the trick question. <laughs> yeah. Always. I'm not ever trying uh, to trick you. Oh, uh, that's not true. <laughs> that's just not Ted true. Ted Bundy, yeah. <laughs> Ted Bundy was totally married. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. So he took advantage of a weird law in Florida that... Like, if you made the declaration of marriage mm. in a court in the presence of a judge, then it was a legal marriage. While he was being tried for murder? Yes. While he was <laughs> being tried for murder, and he was he was representing himself, he brought in a woman, Carol Ann Boone. No way. And they got married during his oh murder trial. And then he claimed a crime of passion, and he was let go? No. <laughs> Carol Ann Boone is the only person crazier than Ted Bundy. Yeah, she actually, I think she had his kid. So and then, she had a little Bundy of joy? Oh. That concludes Ted Bundy's fun fact quiz. Bundy's a fun. Serial killers, it's what's for dinner. Do you think any like serial killers like really got into watching these shows and then they're like, I think I could do that? Nope. <laughs> no. Well, I think that they're so hot right now that we have yet to see. You know. Well, if they watched them, they would probably never get caught because because they, they know all the yeah, things. Yeah, all the tricks. True. And it takes a while to become a serial killer, right? Like, you yeah. have to kill so many people. And you have to go to training. Serial killer training? Is <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs> so like a boot camp somewhere? You got to train and practice and know how to make the cuts. You didn't just wing it. <laughs> know how to make the how cuts. Do you, how do you practice? Practice on mannequins, dolls, yeah. animals. No? None of you never practiced? No. Never. Neither have I. <laughs> Not all true crime is serial killers, but those are some of the best ones. Um, some of <laughs> the them are, yeah. <laughs> some of them are just like you know crimes of passion that never got solved, or um, oftentimes they become famous because the accused or the murdered is like attractive. Mm, you know, like and, the Amanda Knox yeah, story. Yeah. Foxy Noxy. Foxy Noxy. I mean, that's such a better story to tell than like, oh, some guy broke in the house uh-huh. and raped and murdered her. It was like, sex crazed, beautiful American sex woman cra- living in Italy. Oh, yeah, she was sex crazed. Yeah, which, like, there was nothing to back that up. She had sex with seven men. What a whore. Do you guys remember Unsolved Mysteries? The oh, show? Yeah. I loved that show when I was a kid because I think you know how some people were, are really scared by horror films mm-hmm. I am not Unsolved Mysteries creeped me out because it was all about murderers who are still on the loose I had nightmares about mm. um, Robert Stack he <laughs> <laughs> was kind of creepy the way he delivered I just read that about 200 out of 367 cases that were on that show have been solved. Wow. That's like over 50%. Yeah. It's pretty good. It was Mm -hmm. like not just murder porn, actually to catch people. How fun. Isn't that what we're doing? (laughs) Actually, let's play, let's do a quiz. What actor got his first professional acting gig in a reenactment of Unsolved Mysteries? I peaked. You peaked? Stack. Robert Stack. No, he was... (laughs) Get off your phone and no, uh, okay. okay. So I'll give you a hint. <laughs> it's the last before I fly out. I'm I sorry. hope it's the massage murderer. Good one. Okay, I'll give you even more, some more clues. What Academy Award winner got his first professional acting gig as a reenactment on Unsolved Mysteries? Hint: He played a shirtless victim. <laughs> 
Is that a good hint? A Robert Chest? All right. And I think you should guess it. <laughs> I keep getting murdered. <laughs> oh, but I stay right. the same age. All right, all Are right. You sort of got it. The guy from Days and Confused. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey got his first professional acting gig shirtless as a murder victim on Unsolved Mysteries. But he uh, was obviously asking for the mur- to be murdered because yeah, he was shirtless. Yeah, his shirt off. Yeah. That's what you get. I'll bet you he was from the South, too. <laughs> Just <laughs> guessing. Has Matthew McConaughey played anyone that wasn't Southern? Uh, Ever? I, I don't know. Is he from the South? Yes. He's from Texas. Uh, it's this thing. He's a one-trick pony. So, if anyone knows <laughs> a Matthew McConaughey role where he actually had to hide his accent, <laughs> let us know. Because I think he has depth. I don't know. But I think he has depth. This is your chance to be a true detective. <laughs> <laughs> Serial killer game. Two true crimes and a lie. Two true crimes and a lie. Serial killer game. Serial killer game. Yes, can I play? Serial killer game. Yeah, you can play. Uh, Everyone wants to play the serial uh, killer games. For ages. Six it's, and up. It's uh, like a, a two true crimes and a lie kind of game. Oh, I get it. Yeah, you know the formula where I read you three stories and two of them are true and one of them is not true. Oh. I think I've played this game in a hot tub. I have three serial killer stories for you and you have to tell me which one is not true. I think Adam's won every time two to zero, huh? Completely undefeated. Ah, damn. Okay. I need to win one. Hopefully you can slay this round. I win bundles of fun, (laughs) D. Facts. (laughs) Bundles of fun. (laughs) All right. First story. John Robinson gave his brother one of his victim's children, saying that it was a legal adoption. And he even charged his brother a bogus adoption fee. Number two. Carlene Ratcliffe. She was known for cutting the ears off of her victims and giving them to her three house cats to play with. An ear was discovered by a postman after one of the cats apparently drug its play toy outside. Story number three. Dana Sue Gray said that she killed her victims to support her overwhelming need to shop. She stole cash and credit cards from her victims to help support her lifestyle. Question. Mm-hmm. What was a serial killer about the first one? Oh, s- John Robinson, yeah, no, he was a serial killer who killed many women, and he gave his brother um, one of the victim's children. Okay. Oh, that was nice of him. Saved the children. Yeah, right? Yeah. You don't grow up without any parents. Hmm. I know, mine. Oh, you do? Yeah, serial killers are all evil, so that first guy trying to have that positive redeeming trait, not real. Hmm. I, you know, it's very, very rare. That there's uh, lady serial killers, especially cat ladies <laughs> serial killers. That's a different kind you, of sickness. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a cool shirt. Oh, well, that would be super trendy right now. Oh yeah, given the popularity of cats, like and an ugly serial. sweater. That's like a, the lady, a cat lady, and she's giving them bloody ears. <laughs> Ear kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> it was the perfect crime oh, nice. <laughs> she got away nine times <laughs> there was uh, not enough forensic <laughs> oh, forensic evidence yeah i think that one's the why what's the answer uh you're right oh don't call it a comeback <laughs> i'm here for you john robinson actually i think he killed 
I want to say 44, but I could be wrong about that. But um, women, he took one of the victim's children and he actually, he gave it to his brother. Sold. Like posed it as this, like legal adoption and charged his brother adoption fees. Bless his heart. Well, you got to pay for all you your know, murder all your supplies, tools. Yeah. 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 tools. Yeah. It's a costly thing. Being a serial killer is costly. All right. You ready for the second serial killer stories? Yes. Two yes. true crimes and a lie. Tom Husky, the zoo killer of Tennessee, blamed the murders on his split personality named Kyle. Then, during the trial, another split personality appeared, this time a British man, and he came to protect Tom from Kyle. Tom yes. Fullery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being in that courtroom and it's like, do you have anything to say for yourself? And he's like, hello, governor. <laughs> and they all start, like, everyone starts laughing because they're like, wow, that's a bad British accent. What if it was Matthew McConaughey's voice, his, like, third personality? All right, all right, all right. Now, Kyle, you, <laughs> you don't be mean to Tom now, all right? All right. <laughs> all right, second one. Allison Hannigan, she's the... Um, the actress from How I Met Your Mother and American Pie. Um, She, yeah, she was tried for stabbing and accidentally killing a man she believed to be a vampire. Although she admitted to the stabbing, she claimed self-defense and temporary insanity, stating that her reality had been shifted due to too many hours on the set of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What? I never hear about this. Um, Robert Hansen, an avid hunter in the Alaskan wilderness, would capture his victims, release them into cabins, and then hunt them. Ooh, the deadliest game. You go first. That's a tough one. What's the girl's name? Flanagan? Hannigan? Hannigan. Hannigan? She was in American Pie? Yeah, she's, she's like the band camp girl. Oh, her uh, that stuck the flute up her pussy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One time at band camp, I murdered a vampire. <laughs> I've never heard this Flanagan story, but... Hannigan. Hannigan, sorry. And, but I haven't seen her in anything since. Have, have you? I mean, I don't even remember her from those movies, so... She was great. But, you know, some of the best actors psychos yeah well we touched some of that on our last episode yeah a lot of them are controlled by the illuminati (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm going with the alaskan bushman deadliest game i think that's yeah i think that's made the second person can't pick the same one you can pick the same one oh i can you get a point so that's not a rule get a point Rule clarification. Yeah. <laughs> For purpose of strategy, since I don't have a clear idea, I'm going to choose that one as well. Oh. Then it's a guaranteed tie. Well, I hate to tell you, you're both wrong. Oh. Allison Hannigan is you, innocent. She never tried to kill anyone. You made that up. I made that up. See, I just did. I was going to. Okay, so he's got one and I have this one. This one is about the names of serial killers. Two true names and a fake name. We have... The Moonlight Murderer, Hmm. and he was a killer in the 1940s. He sounds romantic. (laughs) He actually killed couples that were necking in their cars. Hmm. Then we have the Doodler, and he... (laughs) Wow. The Doodler. The Doodler abides. Doodler. (laughs) The Doodler. Uh, uh, the doodler. The doodler. Not the doodler. doodler. 
<laughs> the doodler, he uh, drew uh, characters of his victims and then gave them uh, the pictures as like a sweet and innocent gesture to then lure them into his home. That works, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the oil barrel killer who hmm. killed and dismembered his victims and stashed their body parts in oil barrels. And then made some steel drums. Ding, 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 ding. So the doodler, the oil barrel killer, or the moonlight murderer? I'm going to go with the moonlight murderer is fake. I'm going to disagree. I'm going with the doodler. I don't, I just have a hard time seeing that as a headline <laughs> on a newspaper. The doodler strikes again. <laughs> Could have called him like the caricature killer. Well, apparently Pic- that name was good enough. Oh. Um, the fake one was the oil barrel killer. Oh. <laughs> we both lost. Both you won lost, but you won the game. I won you the game. win. The win? chance to become your own very best serial killer. Okay, my su- serial killer name would be the guitar stringer, <laughs> and I would I would play like a little lullaby songs to people and lure them into my house, and then I choke them with my guitar string. Serial killer game. Two true crimes and a lie. Two true crimes and a lie. Serial killer game. True crime, though, is awesome. And, and it's awesomely popular right yeah, now. Yeah, it's super pops right When now. I was looking for podcasts recently, like five out of the top ten of the, the most popular podcasts right now are all true crime things. Yeah. Oh. And I don't think I've ever heard one where there's been any sort of conclusive ending. <laughs> no, there's like never any <laughs> resolution there. It's just... Ten hours of like just looking at evidence and then saying... I wish we could just put a neat bow on this, but we can't. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't know. But you know what's crazy, though, is now since DNA testing came about, like a lot of old crimes have been solved. Mm. Like ones from like the, even all the way back to like the, I don't know, 50s or something, 60s. They're like solving these crimes because they got DNA. So there's a whole like bunch of shows like Forensic Files where you dig up old. Yeah, they yeah. dig up old things and then they're like in lab coats and then we're like, well, we've. We exonerated this guy because uh, mm. we actually finally did DNA testing. Can you imagine being a murderer and being like, you were just like free for 40 years and you got away oh. with murder? And then they come and arrest you and you're like, I am a changed man. Like, yeah. I'm a different person. That was right. 40 years ago. I don't even, like, that's not even a part of myself I honor and recognize anymore. I mean, yeah. fuck. Well, he, Life's hard. He still murdered someone. <laughs> You're going to jail. <laughs> yeah. I guess like if you get life, a li- life sentence, then it's a lot shorter at that point. You gave that person a life sentence to death. What? Is that your next book? <laughs> <laughs> the person you killed. Life, you life gave sentence. them a life sentence to death. Life yeah. sentence to death. The new crime thriller by Adam Doyle. The minds of the killers is what intrigues me. The funny thing about serial killers, it's like, it's not like they don't want to get caught. There's a little part of them that wants the like fame, the notoriety, the notoriety, yeah. and that's why they the get cat them. and mouse. How smart am I? Can I outsmart the world? Bone collector, I, though that serial killer was very smart. Is that real? No, Denzel Washington. <laughs> oh man, the clues okay, are out of this tr- world. It's true crime. True crime. It's oh, true. Not, true. Okay. not near truth. Yeah. It's just true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true crime. The detectives don't always win. That's the difference. 
So. Bone Collector, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Adam and I have been working on a 10-part podcast about the recent acquittal of Carlene Ratcliffe, the cat lady killer. The name of the podcast is called Inconclusive. We're going to debut our new true crime podcast, Inconclusive, the untold story of the cat lady killer. have with us today Carlene Radcliffe. She was acquitted just last month on all counts of murder. I want to thank you, Carlene, for coming in. <laughs> uh, you are such a delight to talk to. Oh, you are so sweet. Uh, yeah. oh, but you don't have to call me the cat lady killer anymore because I didn't kill anybody. And certainly not with my cats. Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> what I want all our listeners to know is if they haven't seen a picture of Carlene. Carlene is a, is a very good-looking young woman. A lot of people don't really know who you are, and so that's why we have you here. Mm-hmm. It says here you are the founder of the Matthew McConaughey fan club. <laughs> really uh, uh, Matthew, if you're listening, I just want to say hi. <laughs> Uh, what you, got you into that? I mean, aside from my cats, uh, I've had a pretty lonely life. Hmm. I, I I think part of that is because I know that Matthew McConaughey and I are destined to be together, and uh, huh. and it's hard when you're holding out for some your one true love. You know, it's hard to find other love to just fill the time in between. <laughs> so you've never dated anyone? No, sir. How old are you? Well, a woman's never supposed to tell her okay. age. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, you asking all the hard questions. W- where are you from again? Taos, New Mexico, because it's just so delightful and mm-hmm. remote, and I really feel like I can get away and look out on the beautiful skyline. And so, could you say that this recent acquittal has given you kind of a new a new lease on life? You know, moving to Taos. And- it has helped me reunite with my cats, which I was separated from for oh god awful long amount of time. But my feline friends have have really been there for me, and it was a horrible thing when I couldn't be there for them because they weren't getting the proper mix of friskies um, mm-hmm. and uh, dry food that they like. Yeah. <laughs> That bond between your pets and uh-huh. you, it's a hard one to break. <laughs> Would you say you have an unnatural bond with your pets? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think if you do any amount of reading, you'd see that uh, cats and humans have coexisted for centuries. And I think there's nothing unnatural about having relationships with animals because they are really just people trapped in animal bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, we're an investigative journalism team. <laughs> so we're going to probably ask some, some hard hitting questions. I understand that you probably want to further clear your name because there's a lot of people out there that aren't quite convinced that you didn't kill those people. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence. And full (laughs) disclosure, we were hired by the families of one of the victims, Bethany Burdreau. We just want to have a conversation and try to pinpoint some of the things that are still left in the the litter box, if you will. (laughs) So there was a postman that saw one of your cats 
you remember which one? Um, I think that was probably Mr. Muffers. Mr. He's the Muffers. he's the Persian. He's about ten years. Oh, Mr. you have a he's, picture of it. Oh, oh yeah, um, yeah, beautiful cat. He, yeah. He's my he's my pride and joy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he escaped and he went outside and I, I think he was playing with a pine cone or something. But the mm. the postman says that it was an ear and he says he took it in to the police department and. I never saw the ear, so I can't say that there was an ear or wasn't an ear because Mr. Muffers would never do that to me. Or just, he would never t- take, take an ear outside. The biggest problem that Adam and I have right now is, is with the timeline. You know, the mm-hmm. timeline doesn't seem to match up because it says here in your statement from October 12th, mm-hmm. 2011, your statement is that um, you always let Mr. Muffins out. Is Mr. Muffers. Mr. So, excuse me, Mr. <laughs> Muffers. Yeah. You always let Mr. Muffers mm-hmm. out at 8.30 a.m. every day. Mm-hmm. And then it says here the mailman would regularly deliver the mail at around 11.15 a.m. every day. We're having a problem with the timeline here. So if you could maybe talk a little bit sure, about yeah. the timeline. Uh-huh. Well, so I do I do let Mr. Muffers out at 8.30 every day um, mm-hmm. so he can use the outside uh, facilities, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a big fan of litter and getting litter in his paws and stuff. So he goes outside. He just does his duty, and he never plays. So I know Mr. Muffers would never take anything that was from inside the house, outside of the house. If I did have an ear, which I didn't have any ears, but if I did have an ear in my house and Mr. Muffers took it outside uh, at 8.30 and the postman came at 11, well, then I would say that I'm sure another animal would come and get that bloody ear if it were outside. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's no way that it would sit out there from 8.30 to 11, all right? That's just that's just crazy. <laughs> so the, the, the whole case for me hinges around the, the, the ear. The first ear. Yeah, that, I mean, that, the, that second, first the year. second and third year, I understand. It's, yeah, it, but the first year is is the one that that I think is problematic. I do want to get into how that ear mm-hmm. it never made it to the evidence room. They couldn't do any DNA. Your alibi when the ear was went missing is not very strong. No, it's not strong at all. Can I? May I ask you a question? If I could. Yeah. Have you ever, especially during the holidays, have you ever wondered if the postman is going through your mail and seeing if there's any mm-hmm. holiday checks coming in or anything like uh, that? I thought maybe the postman was going huh. through my mail, so that's why I gave him that call. And I and I simply just called him and asked him if he had seen anything, you know, that was uh, worth earmarking, if you will. <laughs> that's a bad, probably hmm. bad time for that kind of joke. Yeah. In poor taste. So his, his allegations that that um, he felt you were trying to bribe him with that huh. statement. <laughs> Those aren't true? No. The pine cone. To this day, you claim that Mr. Muff- Muffers, Muff- Muffers yeah. brought in a pine cone. And that, is that a regular thing that Mr. Muffers does is, is bring... <laughs> Pine cones. Sure. His, um, he's an old uh-huh. cat. He's 10 yeah. and 10 for a Persian cat. He's getting mm-hmm. pretty up there. He often can't see very well. I mean, he often thinks that mm. pine cones are, are mice. So he brings them oh, into the house okay. as little gifts for me. So it's very likely that Mr. Muffers could have thought an ear was a mouse as well. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. As we know, the you were acquitted on all. Yeah, which all also is strange that yeah. there were nine deaths. <laughs> kind of a coincidence. Sometimes they're coincidences and sometimes they're just happy accidents. I guess what I wanted to also touch on possibly is um, there is a restraining order 
that has been filed from Matthew McConaughey. Um, do you want to maybe speak on that a little bit? <laughs> sure, yeah. I think sometimes um, I can get a little overzealous and excited. And, you know, in this world, people are just so uncomfortable with their feelings. And I think that, you know, Matthew got um, a little uncomfortable with this overwhelming joy and love he was feeling and Mm -hmm. feeling from me. I know that uh, once Matthew spends more time with me, he'll really know that that I am his true love, you know. Do you think that maybe it's a a strange coincidence that Matthew McConaughey's former publicist is one of the deceased whose ear was found in the park near your house? Do you think that's a coincidence? Or I don't know. Who, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, one of the nine counts uh, of murder mm, you were charged with. Mm, um, uh, I believe her name was Darlene Johnson. She was Darlene. Matthew McConaughey's former publicist. Uh, DNA evidence has proved that it is her ear. The mm. body was not found. You know, I I don't know Darlene, um, but. You know, it sounds like that was, she just wasn't following orders and wasn't listening, and she probably got what was coming for her, but I really don't know. You can guess all that just because she died? Well, no one ends up dead if they don't have it coming, you know? Hmm. <laughs> Is, um, Does anybody want, do you guys want to take a break? we got some cookies and Oh, I would love Almond some Roca. cookies. <laughs> I don't feel oh, so good. Okay. But let's not, let's, let's keep going, oh, okay. and then sure. um, we can take a break later and enjoy some some of your refreshments. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, I guess I want to kind of, you know, catch up with you a little bit now. Now that you've been acquitted, you've moved to Taos. Um, uh, what have you been up to as as a free woman? You have another chance. I've mostly been fostering cats, you know, cats that don't have homes, cats mm-hmm. that need a second lease on life too. You know, I understand mm-hmm. that. I've been reading and I've been getting into um, a little bit of crochet work. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought some of your crochet work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is one I called Sunrise Over Fur Puff. That's my littlest, youngest cat. <laughs> oh, what's this one? Oh, this one? This one is called Listen Here, Matthew. And it's an ear? It, an ear? it is. It's uh, me whispering sweet nothings into... Obviously, you can tell this ear belongs to Matthew McConaughey. It's oh, I couldn't a, tell it's, that. It's yeah. exact replica of oh, okay. Matthew McConaughey's ear, and it's just me whispering sweet nothings into his ear. Well, where's his? Where's the rest of his head? Well, I mean, you can see that I didn't have room to do the rest of his head on that oh, crochet okay. work. Uh, okay. Why? Why just the ear when you were accused of killing nine people and? Yeah, I guess what he means is. I he's think not you're trying dr- you're trying to draw conclusions that aren't here. You know, you just you're trying to to thread this together, and there aren't there isn't nothing to thread together. Okay, it's creepy. I had you here into my home. I offer you to come in and talk and eat snacks and enjoy my presence, and you come in here and you accuse me of murdering people that I was found not guilty of murdering. How many cats do you have now? Thank you. Um, I have 16 cats 16 cats. How many did you have at the time that you were accused? Three cats. The neighbors said they looked in the windows and saw at one time up to 100 cats. When you're fostering cats, sometimes the cats come, they go. My door is always open to any cat that wants a hot meal and a warm bed. 
And if cat needs a home, then I my my door is wide open to that cat. Okay. How do you feel about homeless people? Would you ever consider giving them a home? No, sir, I would not. And why? Because they do not offer the same kind of love and loyalty that a cat can offer me. It sounds to me like you have con- uh, contempt for other humans. You haven't dated anyone. You know, you'd foster a hundred cats and overfeed why them. Why are you questioning me? I... I told you why I have not dated anyone, and you keep bringing it up. Just like, I that. haven't explained it in the first place, okay? Can you talk about the uh, relationship with your parents? Do My you parents are parents? dead. My, they have been dead since 1998. How yeah. did they die? They um, are disappeared persons. As we know, this evidence was not allowed in the case. It's hard for you to talk about that. Well, wouldn't it be hard for you to talk about your dead parents, too? Definitely. But it doesn't seem... That hard. For it's you. It was 1998. Okay, I've had some time to process. It. Okay, and then let me ask a different okay. question. Um, did you kill your parents? There is no evidence that suggests I killed my parents. Okay. <laughs> Sorry if I'm not as sweet as my colleague. I, just, I think um, it's <laughs> time for okay. snacks. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's let's keep it rolling. She's okay. gonna break. Well, yeah. Let's just ask if just a couple few more, more questions. So we have uh, a report filed here in uh, January 2012 from uh, Dr. Jane Fitz. She was the veterinarian who inspected all your cats. And, um, and her preliminary report was that all your cats were, were grossly overweight. She suspected that there was some, some kind of overfeeding. I just wanted to maybe hear your def- defense of that because nobody wants to... Think that you fed the cats the dead bodies. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is I mean. so obs- Listen, nobody likes to be body shamed and not mm-hmm. even cats. And I think we should just leave the cat's body fat percentage out of it. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just not fair to them. What did you? How did you feed them? How were your cats, um, you know, without body shaming them, how were they overweight and how could you feed a hundred cats? What, there's, that, there's no explanation except for <laughs> victims, dead bodies. Listen... There's always a way to put food on a table. If you have hungry kids, you will feed your hungry kids, okay? Hmm. I mean, I would do anything for those cats and especially keep them well fed. (laughs) And, I mean, I just... uh, I just scraped and saved and, you know, pretty much did everything short of killing for those cats. Well, bless your heart. It's It's a very... Very noble thing. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I guess I have one more line of questioning sure, here. Yeah. You've signed the rights off of your story already for a, a whopping $2.3 million, a docuseries coming out called Ear Kitty Kitty. <laughs> so um, cute. I love that. And I kind of wanted to maybe talk about that. You know, you having such a big heart. What would make you do something like this of sell your story, which is maybe some people would see that as as profiting off of the loss of nine lives? You know? <laughs> yes, so some people would see it as profiting off of the dead, but I see it as a way to promote cat health and well-being and safety, <laughs> and it's a way for me to get money to help save as many cats as so, I can. So you've used the money to start a new shelter and a cat sanctuary? <laughs> and what, what's that called? It's called uh, Forensic Fur and Sick Friends. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I um, 
trying to train my cats to solve uh, mm. crimes. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who was, you know, falsely accused of oh, murder. That's amazing. Isn't it so sweet? <laughs> that's such a great idea. <laughs> yeah, wow. th- yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I f- at first I thought, cat lady killer, she's made 2.3 mil off of her- this story, is screaming this sociopathic, kind of thing but you know it sounds to me like you really are concerned with humanity and you want to make the world a better place for cats and through cats and i i, I value that and i want to thank you for coming in and, and doing this interview um <laughs> and you. answering some really hard questions because sure. i know it's hard for you because you've been through a lot thank you for understanding adam um i don't feel the same way i'm not convinced and mm-hmm. uh, nine people are dead and I don't hear an ounce of remorse. All you care about are your damn cats. Um, I'm not convinced that you did it, but I definitely think you did. So I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it was nice to have you here, yeah. Ethan. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Let's, we'll have some cookies and um, join us next week where we follow up on um, the next part of the story, Dear Kitty Kitty, Cat Lady Killer. We are going to actually have Mr. Muffers in here. And uh, we're going to try to hear Mr. Muffers' side of the story. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. (laughs) I have a backyard. backyard He's not called the backyard killer, but I call him my backyard killer, Christian Longo. Oh, yeah. He He was a Jehovah's Witness who had money troubles his whole adult life, and he was very haunted by his lack of success. So he murdered his family. <laughs> and then he uh, assumed someone else's name and Went to, bounced to Mexico. He literally dropped uh, two of his three kids in the bay right behind my house. I was there. We were at your house that night. And I remember hearing the splash. <laughs> September 13, 2009. In a small suburb of Knoxville, Tennessee, Bethany Bourdreau was driving her 92 Chevy Impala to her first day of college. Unfortunately, she would never make it there. Bethany became the first victim in a string of nine unsolved murders, in which the murderer ruthlessly removed the ears of their victims. Bethany was my fiancé. We were getting ready to start a new life together at college. And uh, she never made it to college because she was murdered. Uh, Knox County deputy here. Um, I never seen anything like this. Um, before they brought in uh, forensic experts, I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. Never seen anything like it. With no leads, Knox County authorities called on forensic scientists to help solve these gruesome crimes. My name's Dan Dannigan. I'm the founder of UV Forensics Technologies. Uh, we're out of Santa Barbara, California. The Knox uh, County officials called us in um, to do some tests on the Bethany Bordreau case. And uh, we came in with our kit. Right here we use 10,000 watt UV light, which is able to trace any sort of biological materials around the scene. And so we brought these lights to the scene to inspect the area. And we used a 10-kilometer peripheral. Let's just say we found a lot of samples. Hey, Sal Steinberg here. I am the DA in Knox County. We recently purchased a forensic robot that's able to detect Body fluids are similar what a UV light is, but in those hard-to-reach spaces, 
the forensic robot can get in and it has basically got every bell and whistle you can imagine. I don't understand it, but I know that it works. We call him Mr. Buddy. I think without that guy, I don't think we'd have solved this crime. The good thing about the uh, Mr. Buddy technology is that you actually don't have to send a human in there to operate it because the Mr. Buddy will go in there, will find all the biological matters, and then we can bring it back and examine it under more powerful UV light. Uh, Dan Danigan developed the Mr. Buddy what they're doing there in Santa Barbara, I just want to take my hat off to them. I think they're saving a lot of lives, and they're putting a lot of perps behind bars. With advances in forensic science, investigators were able to obtain biological samples from three distinct individuals. Saliva from Carlene Ratcliffe, semen from a Caucasian male, and an unknown biological sample. I've seen Carlene Ratcliffe before. I live right next to her, and I've seen her going in there with a big truckload of all the kitty litters. I had seen her on the night of the murders. She was coming in late with one of those truckloads. I could tell it was the kitty litters because I get the same type of kitty litter and I know Carlene Ratcliffe, she, she stole one of my cats before and I wouldn't doubt it if she would have killed that young girl and the others. Daryl Hanner, local plumber in the Knox County area. I went and checked out Carlene's uh, house one time. She had got some backed up pipes. And um, I found bones. Uh, bones were clogging her pipes. You know, she said they were chicken bones. Uh, she took them out of my hand, told me to leave, threw money at me, uh, told me to get out of her house, that my job was done. I ate chicken, and uh, those were not chicken bones. And the woman didn't even have any toilets. It was just litter boxes with pipes underneath them. And that's some, that's some creepy shit. Now, we were able to easily obtain the original three samples of the biologicals and bring them back to the laboratory. Uh, it was very, very simple to identify the Carlene Ratcliffe sample. And then once we were given the bone uh, matter, which was recovered uh, later, we were able to actually identify fragments of Bethany Bordreau. Now, the interesting thing is, once held under the UV light, we were able to to really unravel the mystery that is uh, the, the Bordreau case. At the DA's office, we eventually made the call to send Mr. Buddy out on the job. We needed to find out what the source of that third unidentified fluid was. The problem with going down into uh, sewage systems is very harmful for the uh, forensic team. And so uh, by by utilizing Mr. Buddy, we're able to uh, actually put him into the sewer line and really find as many biological samples as we can. And boy, did we find some samples. I am a forensic robot. Now, Mr. Buddy here is, uh, he's programmed to actually speak so that if he does encounter other uh, people, he's able to talk his way through the process. And we'll show you a little bit how Mr. Buddy will operate. Entering crime scene in Knox County. Now, we are actually uh, we're moving Mr. Buddy through the system right now. He's about halfway through. Uh, and then if you'll notice right here, there's a blockage. Detecting. Detecting blockage. Moving blockage. Okay, good. And, blockage moved. And if you look over here, you'll see that um, uh, Mr. Buddy, this is actually the primary sample point right here where we're going to actually take our samples from. Searching for samples. 
Searching for semen. Searching for se- semen detected. Semen detected. Good. Okay. It seems that Mr. Buddy has uh, detected some semen. Inserting semen. Okay. Inserting semen. Semen inserted. And scanning for match. Now the great thing about Mr. Buddy here is that it will automatically upload the samples. Match detected. Yeah, so we have a match here. And uh, we're going to take this back to the lab and have it analyzed. Positive confirmation ID, Mr. Muffers. Is Mr. Muffers? Mr. Muffers is 10-year-old Persian cat owner Carlene Radcliffe. The semen from Carlene Radcliffe's prized 10-year-old Persian cat, Mr. Muffers, was recovered from the crime scene. With state-of-the-art UV detection and crime-busting robotics, the authorities were brought one step closer to justice. Yeah, once we got a positive ID match on that cat skeet, we realized we had to drop the uh, charges on uh, on Carlene. Never had to build a case against a cat before, but um, we're gearing up to crush some serious puss down here at the precinct. So with the uh, biological match, uh, the semen samples that uh, Mr. Buddy gathered, we were able to cross-reference at the end. Nine positive cross-reference analysis. Mr. Muffers confirmed ID on all nine. What we were able to find is that there there was a biological sample left from Mr. Muffers on the eight other victims. Semen everywhere. That's the amazing thing about the technology today is we're able to compare samples and bring some justice through modern technology. All right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey here. And uh, I knew something was uh, strange with uh, Carlene Ratcliffe's cat, Mr. Muffers. She used to send me them those cat pictures, and I would see it in his eyes that that cat was for blood. All I know, all I know is that uh, Carlene Ratcliffe, she belongs in jail because anyone that uh, could stand by a murderous cat like that deserves to go to jail. And I did send her a, a picture thanking her for the cat photos, but I do want to see justice for Bethany Bordreau and the other the other victims, and uh, I am working on a movie called Ear Kitty Kitty about whether or not she's guilty. I'd also like to drop the restraining order I had on Carlene Ratcliffe and let bygones be bygones, and she can come on over anytime she wants, and we can talk mano y mano about this. All right. Forensic robotics solves yet another string of previously unsolved murders, proving again that science is definitely smarter than the criminal. Tune into UV Detectives next week for Hotel Homicides. Yeah, we had to bring the big dogs in here because uh, there's biological samples everywhere. So we borrowed a uh, 10,000 watt UV light and Mr. Buddy we brought in. Semen overload, cross-reference, Analysis, impossible. Too much semen. I've never seen so much semen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. We had to bring in the big dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's the end of episode three. Cry. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like a little tickled, like it was really funny, but also it was pretty dark. So It's kind of scary stuff. Yeah, thanks for listening to the Flopcast. And thanks to Anthony McCarthy for the music. Thanks to our underwriters. What? 
No, we don't have any. <laughs> but <laughs> but what? But but if you want to be, uh, you know, an underwriter and help sponsor the podcast, that would be awesome. Uh, you can find us at flophouseproductions.com now that's house H-A-U-S like the German you can also find us on Facebook yeah which is Italian for Facebook (laughs) so again thanks for listening and please subscribe like and follow us don't just like share the fuck out of this yeah (laughs) we've been working on this for a long time glad y'all get to see it